0: everybody welcome to episode 190 of two legs a paul mccartney podcast we are a paul mccartney talk show mainly dealing with the solo career of paul mccartney i'm one of your two co-hosts tom hunyadi and you may know me from my other show talk more talk a solo beatles video cast and i am joined by my partner in crime my backwards traveler he is andy nichols andy my friend
1: good morning another, week, Thomas. another
0: show how other... are you good morning all that good stuff
1: one down, one to go. Another town and one yes. more show as Yes Sings. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm well. I'm well. Episode 190 and um, fresh off the heels of the uh, the press launch for yes. the, uh, the McCartney legacy book, which I attended this past week in Newark, New Jersey at the Grammy Museum um, with Adrian Sinclair and Alan Cozen with a wonderful discussion moderated by Kenneth Walmack uh, And it was just amazing. To finally meet those two gentlemen in person and congratulate them uh, and support them for this fantastic book that they've delivered to us. And, um, you know, the early returns, you see reading the comments on forums now, people are really enjoying it. And, uh, you know, we've had it for a while. And we've, you know, so we've been able to sit with it a little bit longer. But uh, it's nice that now it's finally out there. And uh, kudos to those guys. Got to talk to them and meet some Two Legs fans, actually, who who traveled all the way down from distances far and wide to go to the event. And um, it was really cool to meet some of them in person and and attend a a short little lecture and, um, you know, they'll be back at it again. I'm sure. I mean, you know, poor Adrian just flew over on the Tuesday, did the launch on a Wednesday and flew back to the UK on a Thursday. So (laughs) he literally was in the U S for about probably less than, you know, about 48 hours or less 36 hours or something. So he was Mm. quite well knackered, you know, he was, he had, you know, signed 300. Yeah. 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 So we signed 360 copies of the book. And um, yeah, it was great. So they'll uh, and so it's out there. And um, it was just wonderful to be able to uh, see that and uh, see this work out in the flesh that they've spent the better part of a decade um, working on and researching and writing. Right. And and, and we and now we have it. So, yeah, that was it, man. That was awesome. So it was
0: about what, two hour event or so, hour and say, half.
1: Uh, no, about an hour, probably about an hour of uh, discussion, a moderated discussion by Ken Womack. And then about 20 minutes of audience Q&A. And, you know, there was about 20, 25 people in attendance. a tough, tough audience, tough time for an event, really. Middle of the holidays, bitterly cold here in the Northeast. Mm-hmm. So and uh, it was your usual fest attendees. You know, the people that you know, the active known for all these years, the same kind of people that come around to these things. So, um, you know, they know, and they know their homework, you know, the, the questions yes. were very, yeah. very, you know, specific, you know, this was not a uh, serious, you know, fandom here, you know, so, <laughs> uh, and, and Adrian and, and Alan were presented it, and they answered the questions. Fantastic. So it was, uh, well, of course. it was a nice yeah. event and, uh, wish them well. And, uh, by, I think about 10 o'clock or so we had gone our way. Oh, cool.
0: Excellent. Well, glad you were able to make it. And, um, you know those, those autographs look look nice in the book there. That you sent me the picture of. So thank you for for getting me a, an autograph copy of the of the book and uh, make sure
1: yep.
0: I pick no it up problem. when I get there for the fest. Uh, yeah, yeah.
1: Susan was there. Susan Ryan, obviously, and we were already talking. Oh, yeah. and, and, the, and the ball will start rolling soon. She's like, "Is Tom coming this year?" I said, "Yes, yes, he's coming. this year. He'll, he'll be coming out this year. Don't worry." So it'll be here before you know it brother so get ready
0: exactly exactly so um yeah great time ken michaels was there as well right, right. Uh, yeah. ken yeah. michaels was there
1: too and uh darren devivo was supposed to be there so they, yeah, they, they, yeah. they were gonna have they were gonna have their things we said today podcast in person because obviously with alan but uh darren couldn't make it but uh as I, I should have mentioned had a really nice chat with uh, ken michaels and his wife joanne too and, oh Good. And, oh, so uh, Joanne
0: made it as well? Joanne That's made nice. it as well,
1: and uh, Ken said that he he actually read the whole book electronically as well, too. Right. You know? <laughs> <laughs> he finished the whole – he said, oh, we, you know, his wife was telling me that he foregoed. No, they, they had a couple of nights planned to go out to dinner and a concert, and he just said, I'm reading this book, honey. Leave me alone.
0: Something <laughs> like you did. Like,
1: kind of like what you right. did.
0: Yeah, <laughs> exactly. You're on your own for the next month until I get this damn book read. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah."
0: Well, so, great. Yeah,
1: yes, sir. And um, volume two will be out in at the end of 2024, is what they told us at the Q and A. So, gotcha. And it'll go Excellent. from 74 to 1980, yeah. which is kind of ties into what we're doing today a little bit. A little bit, yes, because uh, as you can see, we've we've got a special guest,
0: and it's kind of becoming a yearly tradition here where we do our uh, series yeah. called "A Best Friend," and this is the part four, and we are very happy to have our buddy. Anthony Rattuno back, uh, who you all know from the Glass Onion on John Lennon podcast and several others that uh, that we'll talk about. But you've also just released a, a very interesting episode that kind of ties into this. So, Anthony, hello. How are you? Welcome back. And, and tell us about this, uh, this, this latest episode
2: that you just posted. Hi fellas, nice to be back for my annual visit, and uh, (laughs) (laughs) neither are you looking any older, actually Andy, you're looking younger, you've got that, (laughs) every time I see you, you get younger. (laughs) Thank you, Ed. thank you, (laughs) Anthony, thank you, yeah. I was going to say, Glass Onion on John Lennon, yeah, just literally um, put out an episode called Two of Us, The Ballad of Lennon and McCartney, so Mm. obviously that ties in very nicely. Well, right. it's quite—it's a two hour plus, it's a bit of an epic with um, lots and lots mm. of clips and stuff. And what I did was, um, the first part is Linda McCartney tropes, you okay. know, cliches and stuff like that. So I kind of analysed those a little bit. And then the second part was a guitar lesson and a vocal lesson for the song Two of Us, mm. which was fun. And then okay. the third part, I'm sure you two fellows are aware of the 2002 uh, of Us oh, film yeah. with Baron Harris. I have yep. grown to absolutely love that film. As I <laughs> yeah, said on my really? podcast, I used to think it was so bad it was good. Now <laughs> I think it's genuinely good. So um yeah. interesting. But uh you know when you you know when you're preparing a podcast and you you watch a film or whatever more closely than you normally would. Right. And you notice right. stuff and it's actually got a lot more subtlety than it seems. So basically I kind of talked through talked the listeners through the film and then played lots and lots of clips. So yeah, it's kind of an epic. Okay. So just a,
1: a side question for you, Anthony. It's just so, kind mm. of related, because since you mentioned the film, and there's mm. been so many of them, and I, I kind of feel that Jared Harris portrays Lennon the best out of all the actors that have portrayed him. Who do you think, of all the people that have played Lennon in films, Nowhere Boy, what actor do you think kind of gets him down the best?
2: Oh, nice. Well, we did do an episode, actually, episode 30, folks. That was about two years ago, a long time ago. <laughs> I always, my stock answer has always been Ian Hart. From Backbeat, uh, yeah, from, yeah. Well, in fact, three films: Backbeat, Backbeat Times, right, and one called Snodgrass, which is only about half an hour. Which, uh, if if you and the listeners or the viewers haven't seen that Snodgrass, he's playing John Lennon as a fifty year old who was kind of sacked from the Beatles in nineteen sixty two, and he's just kind of Oh, I heard living.
1: about this and he's just like living. I heard about this film doing he, filing like, if he never made it how he actually yeah I did hear a little bit about that film yeah
2: yeah, but there's a great oh, line right. this is not something John Lennon said but it's very Lennon-esque when he's doing filing he goes when women file their nails do they file them under F for file or N for nails <laughs> I mean, one of those nice things where it's not something Lennon said but it's something you can imagine him saying And the- right the two really? of us film is a bit like that. So I, I would say Jared Harris, because I've been kind of closely watching this, I'd say he's up there now. But um, mm. it's not so much accuracy. Is it? It's capturing some essence of John Lennon.
0: It's In not some way, an yeah. impression
2: of him, you know. It's, um, and Jared Harris, I think, well, I think it's really the script and the way that Jared Harris and Aidan Quinn work together. Oh. John Lennon really comes off as the kind of child to McCartney's adult, which arguably you right. can say we're gonna we're finding with this.
1: Yeah, you know, yes. Yeah, I agree
2: 100%. A bit more fragile generally.
1: I felt so, that right. the, uh, just to continue this bit of the actors and stuff, I felt that the actor that played him as the young John Lennon in Nowhere Boy, Aaron Johnson, mm. even though he didn't look like Lennon, kind of mm. carried that youthful Lennon kind mm. the, the, of you know, well. I don't know. What, what did you think of that film?
2: Yeah, I mean, I liked Nowhere Boy. Um, I actually was lucky enough to talk to two of the quarrymen and they said something Mm. funny. When they went on tour in America, um, the journalists were always saying, oh, what do you think of the film Nowhere Boy? And they would say, oh oh, yeah, I think it got the atmosphere quite well. And then they would tear it apart for all the inaccuracies. But (laughs) yeah, I liked it. I think think what he captured was, and from talking to the quarrymen, the misconception is that John Lennon was a very kind of dangerous teenager who got into loads of fights. Mm. You know it was a bit he probably got into a few scraps i think aaron johnson captured the the john who's slightly dangerous but at the end of the day is living in a village mm. you know, and so, super you know,
1: super but, super emotionally fragile too
2: yeah yeah but also quite intellectual and quite a sort of i uh, i was just telling you earlier that the playboy the audio for the playboy interviews which we'll mention later has just right. popped up online and i've been um listening to it and he actually says of himself you know on the one hand i was i was i looked quite hard but actually i was a nice middle-class boy who grew up reading books you know so yeah. he was aware of that
0: mm-hmm.
2: see this uh, is this I,
1: constant kind of yin and yang working class hero, or not you know this is this that's constant, it. just, you know the image versus the reality you know
2: yeah so to answer your question i'd probably still go with ian hart but i think jared harris Ooh. gives him the okay. run of money yeah yeah excellent Excellent.
0: Well, um, like like we said, we this is uh, part four. We left off with seventy six. We're jumping into seventy seven. Now this period, seventy seven to seventy nine, there's really not a lot of interaction uh, between um, Paul, Paul and John, especially after you know Paul kind of you know tells. I mean, sorry. John tells Paul hey if you're gonna come over you know call first <laughs> you know so I think you know and we we'll, and we'll talk about that too because there's a quote in the Playboy interview about that so mm-hmm. there' there's, there's kind of like a, the, the, the the build up to this you know working together in 76 that's pretty much is or 75 I should say is, is calm down John mm-hmm. and John and Yoko are, are back together um, give us a sense of, I mean John is you know I wouldn't say like hermit Living like a hermit, but he's 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 trapped up in the, the Dakota. Yoko's taking care of all the business, right? He's taking care of Sean. He is writing, though, during this period. It's not like he's just you know up there watching Sean and breaking uh, and and making bread the he's whole time. He's not watching. Right? The,
1: he's not watching the wheels.
0: Right? Yeah. <laughs> Probably for
2: a few hours a day. But, uh, yeah, a few hours a day.
0: But I mean, <laughs> but he's writing. He's he's coming up with ideas that that don't flourish. But he is doing stuff. What do you yeah I
2: didn't realize actually I thought he stopped everything in 75 but he actually went into the studio with Ringo in early 76 mm. but apparently didn't have a good experience and it wasn't because of Ringo it was just because he he was tired of of it right you know, there was right. definitely writing um I talked to a guy called Robert Rosen who you may have heard of who wrote a book called mm. Nowhere Man yep and unfortunately because he he had the diaries for a while it uh, seems everyone had the diaries probably the three of us <laughs> at some point yeah but it seems everyone had them but he his apartment got ransacked and he wrote this book based on his memories of transcribing the diaries yeah. he said that you know the five years the five years themselves were not all the same you know he would kind of oscillate and 1978 mm-hmm. for example seemed to be a particularly kind of depressing year or a year when he was mm-hmm. at a very very low ebb so of course the big misconception that he was just talking about on the playboy who was saying that every right. song on double fantasy came from inspiration i didn't have to work hard for any of them <laughs> mm. nose. Um, right. So I yeah, was he, a- he was writing but i don't think he was really finishing much that's the thing right
1: and rosen was going to work together with seaman right and they kind of yeah. split they split off and rosen did his thing and seaman did his thing yeah
2: yeah they were mates i think they were both journalism majors yes and, and they met. Uh, yeah, and yeah, they would um, drive around in here's
0: the, uh, Yeah, there's the Seaman book right there. Oh, uh, the yeah. Seaman book. Yeah, there you go. Yeah.
2: Um, they would drive. They would drive around in John's station wagon, and Fred Seaman <laughs> would draw weed. and They'd, they'd smoke <laughs> this incredible weed, and Fred Seaman would tell Robert Rosen all about how mad <laughs> his new job was. You know. Yeah. <laughs> because it was stressful. You know, it right. arguably, it kind of destroyed him in a sense psychologically mm-hmm. for a few years. You know, because it's just. Right. Almost, not quite, but almost 24 hours on call, you know? Right. Yeah.
0: Well, well first the thing, first thing we should bring up is um, right off the bat, January of 77, uh, Apple Corps settles with Alan Klein. Uh, in 73, uh, Klein had uh, you know sued the, sued the Apple or the Beatles, whatever you want to call it, um, because they didn't renew the contract. So he's a little bit of a spoiled sport there. <laughs> sued them.
1: And there's ahead, some, no, there's just there's some there's some fantastic photographs. I don't know which book it's right. in. It might be in the, the, one of the Batman books of the actual signing when they actually dissolved the contracts. Uh, right. and, uh, Neil is there, Klein right. is there, John's there, and Yoko is there at this at this uh, event. I just forget what book those photos were. John's in the mm-hmm. very the plaid the plaid shirt. You know this. It was okay. documented very well. We'll put and we'll throw them up here. You know to show right.
2: you. So in uh, you say. There's yeah. Oh, yeah. there's a few
1: actually. Have you never have you never seen them, No, no, I
2: don't think so. No. Oh. Possibly, but I don't remember.
1: Yeah, no. Yeah, because you see Klein in the photo with uh, Neil, because I guess Neil flew over, and uh, I don't know if it was at a hotel or it was at the Dakota, but um, those photos are so mm. well documented, we'll, we'll, so we'll kick those into this episode,
0: right? Okay. And uh, Klein was assistant that if you know. If Lennon doesn't have dinner with me, the deal, there will be no deal. <laughs> so whatever that uh, that's about. But but it, the sentiment was for, for $5 million plus. And, uh, and the reason why I'm kind of bringing it up, because even though McCartney never signed officially with, Klein, as a manager, he's still affected by this because he's still, you know, that's still his money and, you know, or part of his money in, in, in with Klein. So, you know, I mean, with Apple. So, you know, parts of his money is going towards Klein. And I'm, even though he's happy. Only up
1: to a certain point, as we now know.
0: (laughs) Right. Yes. As we now know. But, um, I mean, He's still kind of be kind of a little ticked because part of that money is his, and it's going mm-hmm. to Klein, right? And um and but but then again, he's happy that uh, that they dissolve their relationship with Klein. So yeah. well, so um, while, we're, while we're
2: showing books to the camera, let's uh, we were talking about yeah. this before we started.
0: Yes, there you go. Yeah, uh,
2: just appeared on Pop Goes Sixties. I'm sure with Matt Williamson, we just did a deep dive, and oh my god, I didn't read that whole book again, but I just love this book. I mean, to make to make any kind of entertaining book out of all the business right. stuff, <laughs> you know, is right. an achievement in itself. And Doggett is such Peter Doggett is such a good writer. It's a well it's a well written book. <laughs> I, it doesn't.
1: I, it, yeah, I think I gave that book right. to about uh, four or five friends as Christmas presents some years ago because I was <laughs> who were Beetle fans. I said, "You must read this book." You know, right. there's, uh, <laughs> it's, there's nothing like it, Anthony. Right? I mean, you've read it yeah. probably a few times, right?
2: And of course, as you know, we well, probably know, he's he had a book called Prisoner of Love, John Lennon Inside the Dakota, which in my opinion, probably would have given us the most accurate portrait. I mean, Ken Wormack did a good job with his book, but Ken's book was much more about the creative rebirth. He wasn't really interested so much in the state of mind as much. No. So I think, and we may get it, you know, I don't know when Yoko passes on, who knows, but. You know, um, I, did
1: you have I, that book pre-ordered as well, Anthony? No, I didn't, no.
2: <laughs> the first <laughs> I heard of it, it had already been cancelled.
1: Oh, I, I, right. I had that sucker pre-ordered and ready to oh, go. And that, oh, yeah, and then about a week later, I got the email, oh, this has been withdrawn. Yeah. <laughs> I think
0: we talked Someone about it. Someone got a cease year. and desist letter, I'm sure. I think I'll we did. I had a
2: flashback. I think we talked about this last year, because it, it, it had just been cancelled last year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll, I'll be there, and I'll... I'll um, or bully, Mister Doggett, to come in on glass onion. <laughs> uh, Crazy stuff. Crazy yeah, the, stuff. the numbers of these business deals. I mean, I mean, I think you know. Obviously, we won't talk about Morris Levy today, but that's a whole other thing. Lennon basically went from Klein to Levy. He went from yeah. one like very, very tough, maybe father figure or not. Right. But Levy, uh, I think, sued him for seventy three million dollars just around the time he went back to the Dakota. So. Mm. <laughs> I mean, $73 <laughs> dollars. Did
1: you get? Did you get a chance to read the Jay Bergen book?
2: No, no, I've heard of it, and I've I've heard a few. Yeah, yeah.
1: And uh, yeah. I got to meet him uh, in, uh, over the summer, yeah. and that's that's a good uh, book. And I got to tell yeah. you, I think Anthony, you'd like that book because it's such a a breath of fresh air in terms of uh, research and a story and a perspective that we haven't heard before mm, within Lennon's mean. brief life. There, covering the trial and and um, transcripts, you know, of John and Yoko speaking at the trial that are documented word for word in the book. So uh, oh, an really easy nice. read too. we highly recommended uh, that. I think you'll enjoy that one.
2: Yeah. Listen to three or four interviews with him. Yeah,
0: yeah. Right. Yeah. The Doggett book also has something I'm sure we'll be talking about in, in part five of this series is, you know, when when the other three realize paul's getting more royalties <laughs> then, ah the mccartney know, when he, when he clause he, yeah yeah hmm. so
2: that'll come in effect uh well, the first uh, time last year, year.
1: cuz he did that with northern songs
2: exactly. in the 60s and then they had what they called right the, right you know, well rock they rock.
1: discovered it later at uh, in the 80s and they had a they had a big meeting in 83 at the dorchester hotel where it all kind of came out and which kind of led to then kind of splintering again and him not appearing at the rock and roll hall of fame, rock production. And roll hall of fame. And it kind of that kind of All spiraled right. out of control from that, yeah. That's what they call the McCartney
2: override, isn't it, or something? Yes, like
3: yeah.
0: <laughs> yes, uh, yeah, yes. Anyway. Moving on, um, then we got, uh, and I'll we'll show stuff too where we're getting a lot of our information from. But here, here's the '79 uh, Rolling Stone article or interview with with Paulie, and, and he talks uh, about John, right? Yeah, just yeah, but nothing really too much though. It's uh, the question is, do you, ha- you know, and they're talking about John to put it in context here, do you mm-hmm. happen to know what his personal feeling is? Because nobody else seems to. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then Paul's answer is not particularly, I would imagine he's just getting on with his own life. Uh, he has a son by his previous marriage whom he didn't get to uh, spend a lot of time with, and possibly he felt that having a new son by Yoko. With Yoko, it's it. Uh, it sounds a bit uh, a bit like a uh, racehorse out of Yoko um, that he would want to spend time with his son and see him grow up. I suspect that's uh, what he's doing, but I don't really want to uh, go talking for him. I would imagine he's just getting on with his life and being cool, and I hope he's digging it. So, kind of a nice little uh, little quote there from Paul about his about his buddy. So quote like
2: whatever gets you through the night as well. Did he say that? Um, yes, uh he does. He does. He there, says there, whatever there. gets you through the night. Yeah, that's nice. the, yeah, the, whatever. the answer.
1: The answer well, the question was, do you ever do you ever hope that John records again? Do you think he should mm. was the question. There yeah, you go. Uh, yeah. And he says, I hope that if he would like to record again, he will record again. But I hope that if he doesn't want to, he doesn't. This is something that is right. totally down to his personal feeling. And then he says, whatever gets you through the
2: night. <laughs> yeah, when we get to the TV appearance in 1980, he's kind of got the same stance. He's like, oh, you know, John, John, right. he's going to do what he's going to do. But I think I right. said really, hmm. you don't want to drudge up all that stuff from 1971 again. You know? mm-hmm. No,
0: yeah. no. Right. Yeah. Uh September fifth of seventy-nine, you've you've got John starting his audio mm. uh, diary, right? Um yeah. what's the reasoning behind this? Is this for a memoir type thing and that which doesn't last very long? And then he starts just talking about, you know, Jagger, Dylan, McCartney. The, Mighty
1: Jagger, the Mighty Dylan, the Mighty uh, McCartney.
2: <laughs> well, yeah, they have plans. Um are you aware of the his book, the book uh Skywriting by Word of Mouth? Mm-hmm. Which uh-huh. came, came out possibly. So 80, after,
1: came out in 86. Yeah. 86.
2: Okay. so He'd done, in his own right, Spanish in the works. We know that. Mm-hmm. And right. then uh, during the 70s, they were planning to do something called The Ballad of John and Yoko, obviously not related to the song. And it was going to be mm-hmm. possibly a play, possibly a musical. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. In the third, in that Skywriting by word of mouth, there's a bit of kind of autobiography. That's when he mentions, actually, his beast friends, which we heard on that Christmas message. Remember? Yeah overwhelming oddities and all that so they, mm-hmm. they definitely had that plan and he did plan yeah but in true john leonard style he lasted about 15 minutes and then this is fucking boring you know <laughs> so started talking about something else but i think he had a vague plan obviously one of the things we know about he had this diary going and i think he was um a bit like me really i mean I, i'm a big diarist it's something you just do by habit mm. you
3: know
2: journaling it's not so much like got up at eight o'clock and went to work it's more just your thoughts and stuff so I think he was constantly he liked obviously uh writing songs about himself not in a narcissistic way but in the way that they say write about what you know so I think he would have had mm-hmm. it in his mind he was always had it in mind to do some kind of memoir and I think mm-hmm. had he lived you know probably would have done I like to think he would have, he would have written a novel or something sort of long form
4: Oh, so I think he had yeah. it in
2: mind, but it's quite funny. Yeah. It's quite sort of darkly and amusing in a way that he he gets bored so mm-hmm. quickly, you know. I and mean, like he's got the mighty McCartney, the mighty Dylan, the mighty Jagger, and he's very very bitchy. <laughs> um, well, he
0: does go ramble on about not liking uh, Dylan's latest single as well. You got to serve somebody, right?
2: Which of course Neil did serve yourself.
1: Which is, but, he, I, but I think right. on some level he did. Like, he must have liked it because he did serve himself, you know. Right.
3: I was listening uh, to the radio and Dylan's new single or album whatever the hell it is came on about uh, everybody's got to get served <laughs> I mean what was it Every, you've got to serve someone, you've got to serve somebody mm. so he wants to be a waiter now he wants to be a waiter for Christ the backing was mediocre by Jerry Wexler and the singing was really pathetic and the words were just embarrassing. So, here we sit watching the mighty Dylan and the mighty McCartney and the mighty Jagger slide down the mountain. Blood and mud in their nails.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. I mean, you, you know as well as I do it's very difficult, even after doing a podcast for four years to really know uh, what the truth is, but right, right what generally, the quotes that he gave in when he came back in the public eye, he said, like while they weren't producing good stuff, and uh, yeah. you know again, <laughs> did he probably did like some of paul's stuff but while in right. john's mind they weren't producing good stuff he wasn't that worried and he could kind of bitch from the sidelines <laughs> but when he when they start producing good stuff i.e., that's a when he certain right. song we'll talk about later right, right. when he was back into action
3: you
1: know it's, right. it's often said that he you know he liked band on the run john but i've never actually seen that documented anywhere have you
2: no, he says it in that Two of Us film. <laughs> but that's, yeah. That's fictional, yeah. Right, but that's fictional, um, but I
1: don't think there's any kind of recorded interview or text or anything him saying Band on the Run was a good album. I know I know it's in the right. film Two of Us, but yeah. I don't know if there's any if he's ever actually said that yeah, that was good.
2: I think I've heard it, but I may've heard it on a I don't know, a podcast or something. <laughs> Someone's spreading I mean, I know that uh, uh, he, what, he what, said what.
1: that he said that Paul will make a good record when he's scared into it. That yeah. yes, he said that, yeah. in the interview. that
0: was earlier. Yeah, well, that was yeah. earlier in the 70s. Well, yeah. Right.
1: That was still in the 71 kind of right. hateful, spiteful, angry Lennon mode. Yeah. yeah. Um yeah. Yeah. When, he, when he but I don't think yeah, the band on the run. I would love to see if that was actually recording anywhere. Maybe somebody knows.
2: Well, we know right. when he when he listened to, to coming up. He went. He then went back. I think he listened to Back to the Egg, okay. To him, and what was the other one? What was what McCartney was Two? One? McCartney Two. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. I always feel yeah. like he. I always feel like he might have liked that. Just, just I, the, I would think that, that he would have because role. it's so different. Yeah.
0: You know? But he yeah. didn't.
1: But he because if you look at uh, Seaman's diaries in his book, he there's a memo from John telling him to go pick up Paul's latest record, which was McCartney Two, but he didn't like it, according to uh, Seaman according to Seaman, he didn't like which is weird because it's so experimental you think he would have like Tom said you know right right well yeah. we're getting a little ahead of ourselves here yes yeah. but, uh, <laughs> we'll go
0: back. but uh, so jumping to uh, January 14th of 80 uh, Paul calls uh, John they're in New York they're uh, rehearsing they're getting ready to leave for for Japan for 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 wings tour there, um, calls them up and asks them if, you know, the plan was to to visit and so they can share some dynamite weed, (laughs) you know, but apparently that doesn't happen. Um, so uh, there he is there's there's Paul calling him up as as John had requested him to do <laughs> uh mm-hmm. instead of just showing up with a, a guitar around his shoulder um you know, um then we know two days later on the sixteenth that's when they they get but they end up getting busted, Paul and wings or just paul, I should say cool. yeah, um for for that dynamite weed apparently that uh, he's covering for linda for and uh he's uh we know he's in jail what for for nine for nine days and mm-hmm. um you know there's uh there's a quote here and then again again uh, we got the the leninology book here from our funny oh, chip yeah um you know, let's see here. Uh, blah, 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 d- 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 Paul's luggage. Uh, John was quite a- affected as uh, Rosa, who uh, I guess it was the housekeeper, uh, mm-hmm. recalled. John was not happy with this incident, and he was definitely not glad that his old colleague got arrested. On the contrary, he criticized him and got really angry. I had never heard him uh, talking so sharply. If you really need the bloody weed, don't you have people who can carry it for you? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> You're a beetle boy, a beetle. <laughs> yeah. Your face is everywhere. Why did you do something so stupid? You yeah. know. So, so there you go. There's, there's John. You know, being the friend, but also being, you know,
1: because well, he the, could talk that way to him.
2: Yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. Yeah. I've got a couple of things on that. Um, yeah, I, generally like, I generally like Fred Seaman's book and I think a lot of it rang true and I had this lady on who was a little girl who used to play with mm-hmm. Sean in the Dakota mm-hmm. and she said it generally rang true but in Seaman's book I haven't read it for a while but I remember he he portrays John Lennon as just like in a state of ecstatic glee, saying, oh he's been had you know and it, what i think as always the truth is somewhere in the middle probably a part of him thinking oh you know because he's, he's, he's a rival it's like his brother is his rival mm-hmm. but I, I, I can't see him really you know, Paula Paul got 10 years in jail i can't see him sort of going on. Oh, I,
1: I think great. maybe initially yeah. he was like oh he got busted and then right maybe that's but, what yeah. seaman is remembering like initially john was smiling and happy and then uh, Obviously, was like, Oh, shoot, this is actually, you know, not a good thing for my old yeah. friend here. You know, that's, right. as that's probably somewhere in the middle, as you say.
2: Yeah, I think it is. So then, that's so because they just... even said that, um, John was especially, uh, tickled by the idea that they were making Paul sing yesterday over and over again <laughs> in the jail. I don't know, is that true that they were, they're all lying in, right. all in the bath, and he's got to sing yesterday. Over, hey, uh, the...
0: Any PR is good PR, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, football, anyways, which was a comment uh, that uh, was made to, uh, you know, John's like, you know, why are you going there? You know, Paul's feeling mm-hmm. I can't stop the PR, uh, know. you know, so he's got to keep that going. But but, you know, piggybacking on the uh, on the, uh, the arrest in Japan. You uh-huh. know, there's there's been that conspiracy, you know, out there. Mm-hmm. You know, did Yoko, did Yoko set him up, or did did Yoko help get him out? You know, so okay. but but here's a, you know, who who has that kind of power? You know,
2: yeah. <laughs> just well, because quote, you marry a beetle, you know. Yeah, can I quote <laughs> yeah. Peter Bogut? I've written this down from yeah. yeah. Some chroniclers have suggested that the Lennon's tipped off the Japanese police because they didn't want McCartney to stay in their favorite hotel suite others that ono interceded on paul's behalf with the japanese authorities both stories rely on a ludicrously far-fetched notion of ono's power like she's you know she's the queen of japan you right yeah call the
1: call that you call the japanese prime minister and say let him out i mean yeah, yeah. Yeah, on both sides of the coin whether you know it's i don't think it, that's that's rubbish i think
2: i mean yeah. i don't rule too many things out because it's a crazy world but that that Seems like maybe it's a bit too far. <laughs> I mean, if
1: anything, maybe that maybe they did a like a call a phone call to support to call somebody. May I can't see them deliberately setting him up. I just, despite all the BS, I don't think that would have gone out of their way to set Paul up because I just don't
2: buy I that. think it's more likely that maybe a famous Japanese person could ring the ambassador because you know, famous mm. people do like other famous people, and the ambassador <laughs> right. would probably think it was great that Yoko Ono was calling, so it's possible. I'm not, I'm not saying to set him up. I'm saying the opposite to to intercede. The opposite to help him get him out. But yeah. Seaman,
1: Seaman, yeah. Seaman clearly feels that it was Yoko who engineered it, though, right?
2: I don't know. I can't remember. I haven't read that book in its entirety. Mm. Did he say that? I'm, I'm honestly not sure.
1: I'm pretty sure he's, he he insinuates that in, in his oh, book. You know, yeah. I mean, mm, I, I haven't okay. read it in a long time myself either. But I think he kind of alludes yeah. to that.
2: Yeah. But I think John's because reaction then- is pretty interesting, the, the kind of ambivalence. Uh, or he's Probably, like I say, a little bit of glee on one hand, but I think. Right. Did he send a postcard? Did you what you saying?
0: Well, that's what well, that was my understanding that he did, but um, but I'm well, I'm not finding it anywhere. I I could have swore that I did see something or or a phone call or a postcard, you know, saying you know we're we're wishing the best for you or something like that, you know, John and Yoko. But uh, could be wrong. Uh, if anybody out there knows, please let us know in the comments. Uh, speaking of uh, Siemens' book, there, um, because I think it's in his book there. Flash or fast forward to April or May when that... when John does hear, you know, coming up on the radio, and and what's his, it's you know, it's written that's So uh, what does he say? He says I mean, you can edit this if you want, Andy. I don't care. But he says you know, fuck a pig. It's it's Paul. <laughs> You know, so, but, but, you know, and, and we'll, we'll, you know, there's that also that, that the rumor or the myth that this is what, you know, ignited John to get back in the studio, which isn't really, you know, a hundred percent true or any anything like that, but yeah. just to hear him, you know, say that, and then to actually really like something that, that Paul, you know, or was really, uh you know, Hey, this is good. You know, it's, it's Paul, you know, he's doing something that I like, you know, so that's, that's good, kind of, you know, good to hear. I mean, it is yeah. a
2: great song, though. It's one of my. I don't know his right. solo career too well, but that's always mm-hmm. been one. Of, I mean, it just kind of leaps out the speakers. And I think it's right. great. Yeah. In the Two of Us film, uh, John's listening on the radio and he hears Paul on the radio show and says, Shagger big, it's Paul.
0: <laughs> Shagga big, <laughs>
2: uh, Modified it a little bit there. But, um, so what about 20. this thing that um, John Lennon, the song John, the John Lennon song "I Don't Want to Face It" might may have been a reply to it, of some kind. Mm. Mm. No, I wouldn't have really thought of that unless someone had said it. You know, I don't know. Right. Yeah, no, I wouldn't have guessed that. I think there's yeah. an idea that they probably had some kind of dialogue because also, did have you heard about you know in just like starting over? I think there's three references. He mm. said, oh, "Spread our wings." There's actually uh. I can't remember them off the top of my head. I should have remembered this. There's actually mm. three reference potential references to Paul in the lyrics of just like starting over. So just like starting over. A lot of people have read have written about you know some kind of musical dialogue. Maybe it was subconscious or unconscious. You know.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: But, um, right. Yeah. Mm. So. Uh, if- so I got.
0: No, mm. uh, so possibly the last time. You know, Paul may have tried to reach out to John. Would have been what August, September of eighty, while they're recording uh, Double Fantasy. Uh, But Mm. but but Yoko kind of
2: interferes with that. Is that that accurate? Yeah, I mean this is in Doggett's book again. Um, Paul phones the studio. Is told by Yoko that John can't be disturbed. But this is interesting. Jack Douglas, the producer of Double Fantasy. Quote John was looking to get hooked up with Paul to do some writing. I can't speak for Yoko, maybe she thought it would be a distraction. I don't think it would have been. Um, and then uh, I uh, just came forward a couple of months, but on the same topic, right. Jack Douglas also said Lennon McCartney were going to write for Ringo's new album. Now, what was Ringo's 1981 album?
1: Well, it was so, going to be called Can't just... Fight Lightning at yeah, the time. Lightning at the time and then it became stop and smell the roses later after john died but but here's
0: the thing though i mean yeah that's possible but but see yoke i mean not yoke but paul had already recorded the stuff for for ringo in july of Uh, france France. yeah yeah in france so yeah yeah so that kind of doesn't you know make sense to me because then you know whether or not john and paul were going to do anything in 1981 i mean because john was also talking about doing a tour in 81 wasn't and he well he yeah, says yeah.
1: that on that audio diary i think it's on the right. audio diary how he says in 1981 he's going to take sean right
2: anthony well, he says it a number of times actually in the 1980 yeah. interviews because there's yeah. four or five quite high profile ones that they did in, right. in kind of interim period from about right. August to right. december yeah
0: Right, and plus we know he's got more songs too. I mean, which ended up becoming, you know, you know, for milk and honey. So who knows when they would have actually had time to actually get together and write songs? You know, if he's got all these other plans.
2: I think what's interesting is that, um, as as we all know now, John Lennon was writing basically the whole time from '75 to '80. Right. And Mm -hmm. we, you know, we've got hours and hours of it. It's probably about forty to fifty songs. Yeah. Say forty, let's say. And it would have been absolutely right for Paul to finish them off as they used to. Same with Venus and Mars. I mean, I don't know Venus and Mars too well. Apparently, it's a well regarded album, but you can imagine Uh John just coming in there because I feel with both of their solo careers, it's a bit of a cliche, but this is something I feel that if they could have the other one just to add that little bit of magic to it, yeah, I know, but I think in both their solo careers, I think they both said independently that they didn't miss the other person. or Probably other right. times they, they did. <laughs> yeah, I right. but it but, feels but, like I could imagine them fulfilling that thing, you know, not really writing 50 50, but mm. saying, Oh, I've got this, and like, like they used to. And said, oh, I've got a good first verse, verse right. and the chorus. Oh, here's a good bridge, you know, that kind of thing.
1: Yeah, publicly and privately, what they say and I mean are obviously two different things. You know, that's, you know, I am sure privately they both were like, Damn, I wish I could have just kicked this over to him and just let him. Do something with it. Right. But they but, never would admit that because of their egos and their careers and their family right. lives. They just yeah. never would have.
0: But how, yeah. how weird would it have been to, like, if you're looking at the Venus and Mars album and see, like, a Lennon McCartney or McCartney Lennon, right. you know, however the co-write would have been, you know? <laughs> yeah. and, if, and, and if they did enjoy themselves, let's say they did enjoy themselves, do they just end up doing a Lennon McCartney record, you know? It's mean.
2: kind of interesting
0: it's
1: yeah. it's interesting to think and we'll get through this as we get through the timeline but it just it's and, and I, everybody, I mean it looks like you know you know they they, they were kind of not really um I, I know paul says now that like oh i got to talk to him and everything but it, history shows that the i it was a little bit icy there towards the end they were not you know you know best mates you know they, you know as we we you know that interview uh, good morning america a little later we'll get to it it just seems it just seems as 40 plus years has gone on it's like oh You know everything was fine, and I made up with him, and I got to talk to him. And he probably did talk to him at some point, but it might have been, it might not have been in 1980. It could have been in '79 or something. You know, it just—it's myth and fact is 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 kind of obscured, and you know, we'll have to see as time goes on what is the truth and what's
2: not. Can I ask you to speculate? How many times do you think they actually met from say '74 to '80? Do you think it was like six, seven times, ten times? I would say less than less than ten. 10, oh, yeah. I,
1: I less than yeah. five, I would say.
2: Yeah. yeah. I would say
1: one once or twice. After that a meeting in seventy five or six, you know, when they got when they watched SNL, you know, and then they maybe Paul came again in, in seventy six and that's when he told them to stop coming back. Yeah. I mean I would say just based on everything that I've read I would say less than 5 5 or 6 times. Really? Well, I mean if you're you're in, if you're also including the uh, the last
0: weekend with with the uh, the you know the pussycats oh. sessions as well, you got to take
1: well, that Well, I know no, I'm going from like when he came back and just after Sean was born. You know, after okay. Sean was born I would say like okay. once or twice once or twice. Yeah, I I can, I can see maybe
0: Less than five times as well.
2: Yeah. yeah. Maybe spoke on the phone a bit more often, well, times well.
0: that. Right. That would have been different. Maybe, maybe a dozen times. I mean, who knows? But uh it, w- it would it would be nice to know, like you know, if they you know, if they did it more than what we may have speculated, <laughs> you know, mm. because again, a lot of this is just speculation, you know, that we're that we're
2: well, uh, M- M-
1: McCartney Legacy part two. Stay tuned, you'll right. find out. Yeah. Yeah, no pressure, <laughs> lads. But
2: uh, yeah. 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 Well, they went. Yeah, um, exactly. I know. I know this is circling back a bit, but they did. Uh, Paul and Linda went to the Dakota for Christmas in '75, didn't they? Yes. Yeah. Uh, I'm only. I'm only saying that because I had actually forgotten about that. I didn't know that. But again, that was right. but yeah. <clears throat> um. Now.
0: Yeah, we also yep. forgot to mention the uh, the questionnaire that, not really a questionnaire, but the one word or not really one word, but the questions that the uh, you know with the names George Harrison, he put he wrote "Lost" for McCartney, he wrote "Extraordinary," yeah. you know what I mean? Oh yeah. Um, yeah, and we all, we forgot to mention that too, but because um, that was kind of interesting, <laughs> you know, you call him extraordinary, but yeah, you criticize a lot of that, that he does, but you're still talking about him so highly um is, is is interesting from from john i think
1: i think john lennon held a little bit of like you know i, I can criticize him because he's my he's my creative right. partner I, I can do it you can't i can call him a piece of crap or tell him right. what he's not good at but you can't i think there was a lot of that mm-hmm. with what he how he dealt with paul and that's know? quite right. a brother
2: thing isn't it i think i think if you you have to think of them as as basically brothers i would say Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. They, they, that, they had that close relationship, and um, I mean, I've got two sisters. I haven't got any brothers, but I've had close male friends, and you do kind of you slag you can slag each other off, but then when oh, someone right. does, you defend them. You know? Yeah, that's kind,
0: that's kind of the way true.
2: it goes. And, you know, we, we, we have to remember that a lot of this stuff is just stuff between guys. It's not it's not all exactly. in like and, and multifaceted. Right. Stuff. It's more simple, you know yeah you no know, and there, there, so, there
1: are there, there are probably things i don't mean to cut you off tom but there are probably things yeah. exchanges that the two of them had that we will never know about and mm-hmm. and yeah. it could have happened it could have happened between this time period and we'll yeah. never we'll never know about it and that's their that's their right and that's the, to, to keep it that way but you know yeah. i'd like to think that, that that they had some nice exchanges and i'm sure they probably did but that's their business and i'm sure paul feels that that he's going to keep it that way which is like it's like his song early days, you know, it's like I think that there's probably plenty of moments like that, especially leading up toward the end of his life. He's just not going to broadcast it and tell everybody,
2: mm.
1: Mm. Yeah. yeah. All right, moving on. Uh, we've got this sucker right here. We got
0: the uh, September yeah. three weeks, we got the Playboy interviews here. Um, again, some interesting sound bites, nothing really you know, too crazy. But uh, we'll start off with uh, one here where he's talking about being commercial. Um, you know, widely accepted as the best. Well, it's good. Lennon says John Denver is commercial. Uh, so what does that mean? Uh, but Denver has never created a song with the uh, impact of a Lucy in the Sky or I am the Walrus. It seems we're trying to say the world uh, we're just as good uh, band making some good music while a lot of people are saying it wasn't just some good music. It was the best. Uh, then Lennon goes, well, uh, if it was the best, so what? And Playboy, so uh, it can never be again. So here's the part where I'm really trying to get to. Every Everyone mm-hmm. always talks about a good thing coming to the end of, um, as if. Life was over, but I'll be 40 when uh, when this comes out. Paul is 38. Elton, Bob Dylan, we're all relatively young people. The game isn't over yet. Everyone talks in terms of the last record or the last Beatles uh, concert, but God willing, there are another 40 years of productivity uh, to go. And you know, which you read that now, it's uh, you know, it's Uh. very haunting. You know, time will tell uh, where the real magic lies. You know, I mean, on the last day of
2: his life, he said, um, "I consider my work to be one piece, and it won't be finished till I'm dead and buried, and I hope that's a long, mm-hmm. long time." But it's just, oh, you can't mm-hmm.
1: even wrap your head around some of these statements that he made yeah. leading up to the right. end of his life. You really can't.
2: Yeah, but I would urge yeah. you guys and and the viewers to 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 um, try and find the Playboy the audio. Right. I right. like it on that because I I've listened to the 1980 interviews loads of times. There's um, it's not Newsweek. There's a Rolling Stone. There's Peebles. There's the RKO one, and he's generally either kind of a bit manic, or he's performing, which I think he was doing with Andy Peebles. Yeah, or he's overselling selling the John Yucca myth. But on the audio, the Playboy sounds very calm and very measured. It's nice, you know.
1: Yeah, the 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 Andy Peebles one sounded like a little bit a little bit scripted. You know, like it was uh, playing it up a little bit. But the play, and I haven't heard the Playboy, but I've read the Playboy book, and it just it reads a little bit more honest.
2: Yeah, in terms Mm. of the
1: questions and the answers.
2: Well, there's something we'll come right. to later where he um, almost d- gets not misquoted, but the audio, as you probably know, with the 1970 Rolling Stone interview, the audio is quite different. from. Oh, movie.
1: God, yeah. But that's been cleaned up, though, too, though.
2: Oh, no, yeah. is it right? A the tone bit, of yeah. some of it. Um, oh, the tone, you yeah. mean the
1: actual tone of it? Yeah, yeah right. the
2: actual tone of uh, what he's saying, yeah. Right. Um, yeah. Let's just <laughs> read a few things I've cherry-picked. Um
0: yeah, yeah, go for I it. I
2: mean, probably know a few of these, but Paul's a capable lyricist who doesn't think he is. I think we've heard that. Right. Mm-hmm. He said he admired Paul going back on the road. That was in 72, right? Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, the first
1: time, yeah. probably.
2: Yeah, first time. He, yeah.
1: He, he admired Paul for doing the starting up in the grassroots. Yeah, the university
2: right. tour. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, he admits lying about them not composing together.
1: <laughs> <And we laughs>
2: give he gives the example of a, I want to hold your hand. We all know that one in mm-hmm. the basement. On well, yesterday, this is good. That's Paul's baby. Well done, beautiful, and I never wished I'd written it, which is a wonderfully British uh, backhanded compliment. <laughs> <laughs> well done, and uh, really glad I didn't write that. Really glad I didn't write like that. And then, hey, dude, you probably know this. He says, "I always heard it with, hey, John, giving me permission mm-hmm. to go with Yoko." And then finally, right. Paul would subconsciously try and destroy a great song. Which, I mean, that sounds mm. a little bit paranoid. Who the hell knows? But right, uh, right. But yeah, I like I like yes. the I like his speaking voice. It's measured, you know. It's, it's not hysterical, mm. and he's not kind of overselling the myth. Right. And then thing- apart from that thing about everything in Double Fantasy coming through inspiration, which was a uh, hmm.
0: right. right. <laughs> Another bit here too where you know we're, we were, we talked about this earlier um Playboy how did you and Paul happen to be watching TV together uh mm-hmm. that was a period when Paul Jeffs Paul just kept turning up at up, up at the door with the guitar so when he says he just kept turning up we don't know how many times that is right mm-hmm. um i would let him in but finally i said to him please call before you come over it's not 1956 <laughs> and turning up at the door isn't the same anymore you know just give me a a, a ring. Uh, he was upset by that, but I didn't mean it badly. I just meant that I was taking care of a baby all day uh, and some guy <laughs> uh, turns up at the door. But, anyways, back on the night, he and Linda walked in and uh, he was just sitting there watching the show, talking about Saturday Night Live uh, and getting that offer. Uh,
2: so. For, what, yeah, 000, was it? <laughs> three thousand dollars yeah which again yeah. Uh, just to talk about that, like, two of us that film again the way they do that is so oh. brilliant they're lying mm. on the couch kind of they've been smoking a bit and yeah like, hey, he's yep. talking about us and it's so funny right. oh it's so well <laughs> done i think with john <laughs> yeah. lennon it's just you know we've all known those people who just everything is hyperbolic you know mm. so if he says i had a thousand trips it probably means he had two hundred Mm-hmm. Right. it Paul kept coming around, it probably means, I would say it's probably twice, you know? Right. Um, another
0: bit here where he's talking about, you know, writing with with Paul. Uh, Lennon, this is just Lennon's answer. He goes, well, would it be interesting to take Elvis back to his son records period? I don't know but I'm uh, content to listen to the Sun Records. Uh, I don't want to dig them up, (laughs) of the grave. There's the talk about the magic between Lennon and McCartney, but there was magic between Rogers and Hart, Rogers and Hammerstein, uh, Lennon and McCartney, and the Beatles don't exist and and can never exist again. Uh, John Lennon, Paul McCartney, George Harrison, Ringo uh, could uh, put on a concert, but it can never be the Beatles singing Strawberry Fields, I Am the Walrus again. We cannot be that again, nor can people... are listening. So, um, you know, again, you know, there's talk about maybe possibly getting together and doing things, but yet they're all, he's also kind of dismissing that, you know, it can never be the
2: same uh, as it once was. So, I mean, it's not going to be the same, obviously, because they're not right. And I think the problem, I mean, the pressure, uh, I found this, um, it wasn't a radio show, It was some kind of podcast, something like alternative anthology or something. And they devoted about 45 minutes to, to clips of them talking about reunion. I mean, it was just relentless through the right, whole thing. Right. When you get back together, when you get back together. Get back together. Right. And I think the problem they would have had, the same with their solo careers. they probably, I mean, we're, we're all a bit biased, of course, but we, mm-hmm. I personally think nothing has ever topped the Beatles and, and Bob Dylan in the 60s. Right. So would they have ever topped it? Has anyone ever topped it? Yes, some people will say yes. You know, they're obviously Bowie fans and Led Zeppelin or whoever it is. Nah. Right. <laughs> yeah. but I'm, saying, I'm just saying, you know. I mean, it's just,
1: it's very funny to look at how Lennon viewed the Beatles' career mm. in hindsight towards the end there. Even like in the 70s, when you hear him interview, like when he's interviewing, when he's interviewing, um, being interviewed by Dennis Elsis and on, one, on, yeah. on New York radio, even in 74, he's looking at back. You know, as the Beatles, as a nostalgia oldies act, you know, I'm just an oldies but goldies now, you know, all these glitter kids, you know, they don't like this stuff. So it's hard to look at it now. But in the context of the time, 10 years time probably seemed like like 10 lifetimes. But even though we look at it now, I was only 10 years later. But back then it was so magnified that, you know, what you did six months ago was old, let alone the Beatles thing being a decade old. He really yeah. was like, "Well, we're just—I'm just an oldie but a goldie now," you know. And it's so hard; it's so <laughs> fascinating to look at it now that way. But that's how he viewed it.
2: I suppose you know things move on so quickly that maybe they had stopped being cutting edge by about whatever year seventy-three. With the youth, let's right. say it's not whether the music. because yeah, I like "Band on the Run." I right. quite like "Mind Games." I love Wars and Bridges." Right. Obviously, there's George and Ringo stuff. But I suppose stuff moves on, you know. So they're not—they're mm-hmm. not the most current, you know. Right. You know, Mark like, Bolan, Bowie. Mark
1: Mark Bolan, and Bowie yeah, right. and Elton and all.
2: you know Yeah. <laughs> Elton have kind of taken that mantle. But then, what do you do when you're older? You hopefully write more mature music. So it would have been different, you know. Right. Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, yeah. True. I would. I would, uh, would. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Moving on to uh, November, uh, specifically November 27th of 80. Paul is on Good Morning America. And why is he on Good Morning America? I don't really see what he's promoting or anything like that. It just seems like it's just more of like a kind of like a Q&A type thing. Uh, I mean, he's in November. He's really got nothing to promote um but then you know the last question there is you know why is why is john resentful and and this was was from what was this like a newsweek interview he did john did uh maybe a couple weeks prior to this uh he
2: did newsweek in september and i believe that had already gone out playboy uh i think horribly enough i think mark david chapman was reading that so that came out just before he died i think Right. This is very eerie because this is eleven days before he died. It's mm-hmm. a bit like um, I don't know. It's, it's it's like watching clips of nine eleven, but before you know, not that I did right. that, but <laughs> that eerie right. sense that something something we know something is about to happen.
1: Mm-hmm. Um,
2: I did want to um, I did want to comment on that because the guy. Who's the guy who's a presenter? I don't remember what his
0: name was. Oh, he was presenting
2: for years. On
0: yeah. um, the Good Morning America uh, interview in 19, uh, 1980.
1: Oh, Charlie uh-huh. Kirk, maybe? Char- uh, the guy was
0: there for
2: years, but I don't remember his name.
0: Right. Yeah, he, he was there for he, decades. Yeah,
2: Yeah, he quotes, uh, it's either Newsweek or Playboy. Paul died creatively, and long and winding road was mm. his last hurrah. And right. I think that's Playboy, because on the Playboy audio, it's very interesting, this is how things get misquoted. John mm. says, oh, Paul was really on fire the last year of the Beatles. You know, he had Let It Be, Long and Winding Road. Mm. I think it was his last hurrah. And what he meant was that he was trying to go out the Beatles' career strongly. Right. Which is a lot different from saying that the last hurrah, means he's never written anything after that, which is not what he meant right. at all. And on the Playboy, he's very, very calm. So that's why I say to people, you know, if the audio is available, listen to it.
0: Listen to it, yeah,
2: yeah.
0: Um, yeah, because the yeah the the guy who's doing the interview or conducting the interview, he makes it sound like John is being resentful, like yeah, the, like you know, long and winding road is the last thing you've done, you know, mm-hmm. um, so so, but to Paul, he's just. I like this, you know, taking the high road, the high road kind of approach now for yeah. Paul, which he's been doing now all these years. But he's pretty much saying, well, now, if I make a comment, then I'll seem resentful. Right. right. And uh, I guess it's just best to to take the, you know, just to shut up about it. You know, which, yeah. is, uh, which is just so
1: weird know. to think about, like that's so 11 days prior, you know, right. it, it kind of dispels the myth. Well, I spoke to him before he died and patched things up. because right. That's not the vibe that you get when you see that interview clip at all
3: right paul there's there's a new interview out that john you mentioned john a while ago lennon did yeah and he talks very openly without going into details but he seems to have a lot of resentment competition with you and he says you kind of died creatively in a way and he didn't keep track of you but he said long winding rows, your last gasp how he seems resentful of you do you know why or
4: um I, i don't know i can guess and stuff you know but uh I'll tell you, after all of that stuff has sort of gone down over the years, I actually kind of keep a bit quiet now, because, I mean, anything I say, he gets resentful of. So, I don't know, really. I mean, uh, it's just a weird one, you know. I I don't quite know why he thinks like that. I mean, what do you do about that? I, I really just shut up these days about it. I think it's the best policy,
3: David. And you go ahead and keep writing wonderful music and taking care of your family.
4: Yeah, well, listen, I mean, I'm enjoying myself, you know, I'm in a good time, and I don't think I've had my last gasp, so, you know, I mean... You sure don't look it. (laughs) Linda, thank you. Happy Thanksgiving to you all, and to Paul. Same to you. And in a
0: way, this is kind of a good thing, because it, it, you know, re then on John's death you don't want to see them arguing or being bitter towards each other in the in in you know in, in papers or press. interviews or whatever just before in the press just before he dies you know a lot of a lot of us would probably remember that you know mm-hmm. oh there are, they're are they're being bitchy towards each other and then John's, John's dead and then now if you're Paul you're like okay well you can't well, get shit. out of that you, 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 can't, you can't get out done. of that right you can't, there's yeah. no
1: way you can you can PR that thing and make it good so, the, yeah. I'll just kind of do the PR, the nice thing, and just say nothing is what he did.
2: Right. Yeah. And I've, I've listened to the John Lennon interviews in 1980 a lot. And it, there's very little that's negative. You know, right. I mean, now, even when he says Paul would subconsciously try and destroy a great song, he's almost saying it as if it's in a more thoughtful way, not in a bitchy way. Yeah. So, I don't think there's too much that he was saying that was so now, awkward.
1: The I messaged it in the group earlier. Have, have you seen that clip on YouTube of the video of the interview footage in the recording studio with Lennon being interviewed by Robert, Robert Hilburn? It's very dark, it's hard to see. But have you seen that clip?
2: Is that the one that's called the Star Wars interview? Because there's yes, because yes. you hear you hear that I you could not make that. it out. That, that was a well, that, <laughs> somebody
1: went through and actually uh, did like transcriptions and subtitles to actually make out. And it's oh, a fascinating wow. clip because it's really the only video footage we see of Lennon being interviewed that mm. late at all really in 19, well, that late 1980. Yeah,
2: yeah. And
1: I, I remember watching that clip and being mesmerized because he had uh, Robert Hilburn asked him, well, what's the last thing of Paul's you heard? And John's just sitting there with the glasses on. It's very dark. It's very hard to see. And he's like, well, oh, the one with the rose in his mouth, you know, and oh, that, yeah. that totally contradicts everything, you know, that Seaman says coming up and all those things. So it's just it's kind of that Lennon double talk sometimes, you know, that comes yeah, out, right. you know, depending on his mood, you know, because um, I just, it's a, it's a fascinating little, it, you can YouTube it. It's, it, well, maybe we'll throw it into right. the in post yeah. to take a look we'll at it, but it. it's, 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 it's a very, very interesting uh, interview. Do you
2: keep it with Paul's albums at all? I mean, no,
3: right. I, I dropped out round about, the one with the a rose in his mouth or that something, was yeah. but I l- hear the singles, If it's on the radio I here, and uh, I thought the coming up was great, and I like the freak version that he made in his barn better than that live Glasgow one, you see, I'm, mean, yeah. Go into something, else. And, when the one speeded up voices? Yeah, I think that, that's, uh, if I'd have been with him, I would have said, yes, that's the one too, and I, I thought that record company. I had a nerve changing it around on him, but, you know, I know what they mean. They want to hear the real guy singing, but I like the freaky one. Stevie Wonder does it. Nobody moans at him. If you stop listening to oh, I mean, using it, you weren't, there was were no sense of competition. But he was putting so, so much stuff I couldn't keep up with all that tingly, tingly stuff going on on albums, you know, just dribbling on. How about in the beginning, though, when you did Well, uh, they all I suppose, but I was so full of me, centered then, I didn't give a shit what, what? he did, you know. Full what? Full of what? Full of centered, uh-huh. in other words. So in a sense you weren't so comparing as much as you might There's no comparison for me, because mean comparing artistically and, ar- and comparing sales-wise Oh, sales-wise, forget it. He, was, he always had more fans than me in the cabin, so there's no okay. comparison on that level, and the other level doesn't... I don't think it counts. Okay. I think it's like comparing, I don't know, Magritte and... Uh, <laughs> Castle, if you want to put it on that level or whatever, how can you compare it? Was there any sense of competition when you ran? It's like a good band. Did you try to go with songs that were, did you work on like he had a better song than you? When we were all together, there was competition. No, no, no. Yeah, there was always competitive, not all of us space and time was there any time when you came in that you really were impressed by it that was the real if i'm impressed i'll run away and write one If you're impressed by him oh if i'm impressed by the record on the air i immediately make i want to (laughs) write Warren (laughs) Reedy said that about movies a great movie is one that makes you want to make a movie i wish i'd made that shit i'd go right out and make it that's like the competition (laughs) of human the other of the artist i don't know which it is but it's that bit he said it and it's right if i hear a great record i immediately want to make it I'll mm-hmm. make one with that. Was there one of Paul's songs that you, you came in with that you thought it was like, you were surprised they could write something that well, good? Or the... No, he never surprised me because it was like, you couldn't be surprised by your brother mm-hmm. from age 15 on? Oh? Mm-hmm. Not surprised, but I think...
2: let's see the one with the transcript, yeah, because I just got a bit lost. I couldn't, couldn't make out what he was talking about.
0: Right,
2: right.
0: right. Um... um yeah a couple well what like you said eleven days later uh lenin's death happens december eighth uh it's it's the ninth where paul is because he's in the u k um yeah. he goes to work um gets out of work he's bombarded with uh you know press and then we get the comment it's a drag you know to you i mean what I- is there like, is that a kind of like a, an, an English thing or is that, I mean, is he saying it's a drag. I mean, but he's saying it, he's not saying it's like, I don't think he's being sarcastic about it when he no. says it.
2: No, it's interesting. The thing about that quote is you've got to remember that 10 seconds earlier, he did give right. them a kind of a stock quote, which is basically yeah. what they're after. I mean, they're just after mm. John was a great guy and you know, I'll miss him. You know, that's just what they want. Right. They want that quote. And I think, it's just, it's just a kind of a human moment, almost, you know. Because yeah. talking about reactions to tragic events, you probably heard all this stuff about John Lennon when his uncle died. Him and his cousin went upstairs and and were laughing hysterically, and they weren't yeah. laughing because they thought it was funny. It's a defensive reaction. So yeah, we all know about this, right? And Paul right. McCartney, for me, doesn't owe the press any a money. Quote, you know, even right. though I gave them, you know, he gave them. What did he say? Just what did he say just before that? He said John was a great guy and something. Yeah, like exactly. Yeah, exactly, yeah. like that.
0: You know, he's a great um, guy. You know, I'll miss him, and uh, it's a drag. But, but that's the thing, though. It's just like if you see it's a drag in the headline, that's what you're just going to take away from it. Of course. Of course. And so, yeah, and nine mean, I, times out of, you know, there's a good chunk of people that probably wouldn't read any more of the article
2: to see if he actually said anything else as well. Yeah. You know, they're just gonna
0: remember it's a drag line. So
2: mm-hmm. I'm always very uncomfortable with this thing where celebrities are expected to have a certain reaction on the public's behalf. Right. You know, mm-hmm. Break down and cry or do whatever. Which obviously did break down right. later. Mm-hmm. But I think Paul's mm-hmm. one of these people who's probably his grief is kind of delayed almost, you know. It probably takes him right. two weeks or three weeks. But there was um there was an account from an engineer who was in the studio because he went to the studio with George Martin, didn't he? And he was yes. And, and someone in the studio, it was something weird, like they were looking out the window and a van went by that had Lennon's written on it. or some, It was something strange, you know, some, or the name Lennon was somewhere. And, and then Paul broke down and said, oh, I'm never going never gonna to have a person die on me without making it up with them which he did make it up with him, but you know what he meant. Right. Really make it up for him. Right. But that is a drag. It's just a defensive reaction. Um, Oh, it is. Yeah, If I could circle back one day, um John Lennon yeah. did an interview on the last day of his life, as we know, yeah. and the quote I like is, I've only ever worked with this is a bit of a powerful, That's right. I've only ever yeah. worked with two artists closely, Paul McCartney and Yoko Ono, so I consider myself a good talent scout or something like talent <laughs> right. scout. Right,
1: a good talent <laughs> scout, yeah. yeah. That was a nice right.
2: quote, and then Paul remembered him and John's final conversation, this is from Doggett, mostly mm-hmm. about family, and John apparently said, I'm like Aunt Mimi padding round here in my dressing gown. This housewife wants a career. <laughs> so that sounds like maybe that was just before he came out of seclusion. So we're just, just going mm. back a little bit, but yeah. Mm. Uh, but were they about to collaborate? That's the big question, isn't it?
1: It is. And, and evidence, I, so really. again, I mean, it, is there evidence not, really? Because, I don't think there is any, anything that we've read or anything mm. that I've read. You know, John preparing for tours to to do, to take the band on the, he says and in 1980, I'm going to take the band on the road. They, they really mm. enjoy this. So I don't think there was any, there was not, it's all conjecture really at this point mm. and, and, f- and fandom, I, everything mm. that I've read they, 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 there was no, nothing in stone for a 1981 collaboration with Paul. Um, John was full on with this, the, the, the double fantasy, you know, Andy Newmark and, and all those guys. And that was, he, they were rocking and rolling. They were, they, they had milk and honey in the can. And they were get and they were getting ready to do more sessions for a third album. So the second album was already mm-hmm. being thought about. So I don't think there really would have been aside from maybe the Ringo thing, maybe, maybe the Ringo yeah. thing would have happened where John would have maybe given a song to Ringo for that album, mm-hmm. you know, which was as it was was gonna be, nobody told me, but he ended up keeping it for right. himself, as we know. Life begins at 42, I think with yeah. another. Yeah. yeah, so if anything, you might have had a little bit of a kind of nineteen seventy-three rebirth where they all kind of rally around Ringo because mm-hmm. by this point Ringo was obviously creatively and commercially really down and I yeah. think that they really, John he lived, They that, that I could have seen happening, where the three of them really helped Ringo get his album at the time, which would have been Can't Fight Lightning, off the ground and going. I think that would have been maybe the closest to a kind of reunion of sorts.
2: Yeah, I think the 1975 Venus and Mars thing that seems nailed on that he was just about to go to New Orleans mm-hmm, Right. I'm not so sure, but I think the public would have at least Got an album from Ringo that would have had all four of them on it, even if they weren't together. But yeah, I think were they all on the the nineteen seventy three album? Yes, the yeah. seventy three album. Ringo, yep. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So the out. way, yeah, the way
1: the stars were aligning, that probably would have been, you know, the Lennon's, you know, he, he would have because Ringo didn't Ringo visit John. Ringo, Ringo only visited John a few weeks prior there in November of eighty.
2: Ah, well, according to Doggy, it was the same day that Paul and Linda were on Good Morning America. Not that they were connected. November,
1: November 27th, 1980. Is that right?
2: What yeah. And, if,
1: and, and there's a photo fo- in Seaman's book, Tom, if you've got it there, there's a photo of Ringo and John um, taken on the 27th of November of 1980. Yeah, yeah I've seen that. Yeah. It's, yeah, if Tom could just show it up real quick. I know it's in Seaman's book. Yeah, it um, definitely is. And, that's, and that's November 27th. So, I mean, so obviously he probably went and said, look, can you give me a song? Can you help me out with a new album? And I'm sure John would have had something. Because uh, I think yeah, I, I think, Seaman, it right I, think I think Seaman took that photo. It's probably it's towards the back. It's one okay. of the last, It's one, It's a it's a big it's a big photo in Seaman's book. It is, it okay. is there. Um, you know, you know, I can clean this up a little bit too to your show because it's. An, I think it's an important photo to show. I don't mind chopping. Yeah, this I mean, yeah,
0: bit. we can we can we can find it. We can throw it up. Uh, throw it up and post. Yeah, I uh, mean, I think
2: Ringo was that the almost the glue that where John Paul and George probably had quite difficult relationships. I don't think anyone really ever had Oh, here we a political go. Political relationship. There it is. Yeah. Yep. That's, it. Yeah, 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 that's yeah. the one. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, yeah. they were meeting, yes.
1: Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, and then okay. we, uh, moving on to, uh, you know, obviously well, post, you know, into 81 now, you know, obviously McCartney goes totally into synclusion, you know, yep. doesn't do anything really until February.
0: Yeah, February eighty one, they resume recording, uh, for for tug of war, but it's it's as far as way you can get from <laughs> from all this. Uh, they go to uh Ari in um in Montserrat. And can we just he, can we uh, just backtrack real yeah, quick a little
1: bit just to kind yeah. of go post the uh, we know that uh, Paul, fought, you know, after his death, I think Yoko called Mimi, Paul, and
2: I think Julian you? Julian uh, Julian. Uh, Julian Julian. Yeah.
1: You know, so obviously, you know, um, go comes right, right over, because, right? Because there's there's just really,
0: you know, you know, I don't think any of them went to John's
1: funeral,
2: right? Uh, Paul, well, there, was, there wasn't, there was no, funeral. there, there was it, wasn't, okay, there was nothing, there was no. nothing for John. There was a no, ten minute, ten, ten minute. Can you believe that silent vigil ten on the minutes.
1: on the fourteenth of December in eighty? They she had a ten minute worldwide uh, vigil.
2: Yeah, but there's there wasn't actually a, there's actually footage on YouTube. I mean, it's not oh. Not the greatest thing to watch, but I, I kind of tend yeah. to lap up everything I can. So um yeah, But Ring,
1: little... Ringo having been there on the twenty seventh of eighty, he came he came right back right to right. and went there. And there's photos of him kind of getting there and Julian comes over. But I mean in terms of Paul, obviously probably just had a word with Yoko and then that was it really. But um yeah. what else what, what else could he have what else could he have contributed to other than you know, she called him and what else I mean in terms of that? I don't know how else he would have he, could, he wasn't going to come over you know
2: mm-hmm.
1: i don't think i don't think he, paul would have came over to New york I mean would he have wanted to maybe maybe he did I mean, and she said no I don't we don't know that's <clears> the <throat> thing i mean
2: not through him but it's just him being there it's going to just stir up all this mayhem among the crowds you know yeah. ringo turning up so i think it's because it's kind of a history of them not going to funerals, isn't it? Because I don't think he went to his dad's. Funerals. Oh yeah.
1: He didn't go to his dad's. I don't yeah, even think they I went know. to Brian. Ep- I don't think he went to Brian Epstein's because he just can't no. face it. Yeah.
2: Well, I think it's partly that, but it is also all the mayhem that comes with a person that famous. I mean, yeah. doing anything really. True. True. You, right. I mean, you've
1: seen to yeah, a you're that. I mean, could you imagine it was a madhouse anyway out there? Could you imagine if Paul McCartney actually tries to then go in there? I mean, it would have yeah. been. It would have been even more chaotic than it was. So, you know, he he phoned her, Mm -hmm. and then he went right to work. You know, that was it. He and and then carried on doing this thing.
2: I think it's better to leave leave it alone, to be honest, for a while. You know. Yeah. And as we see, you know, more of a delayed reaction, wasn't it?
0: Yeah. Right. And the one thing he did leave alone for a while was actually doing an interview, <laughs> you know, and, and and talking about this because it wasn't until uh, I think '82 where he finally does his first UK uh, interview. But well, we'll get to that in a second. But mm-hmm. but you know, recording resumes. Uh, he does in February. Uh, they, he records "My Old Friend" with Carl Perkins, which has a kind of a little bit of a tie because Linda, you know, Linda tells. Uh, well, you know, Paul is a little you know emotional about it, and Linda does tell him that. You know, that's kind of like the, one of the last things John called him was his old friend. Um, which, yeah. uh, yeah, I think she says, Well, how did you know? And Carl's like, Well, what do you mean? Oh. Well, that's like one of the those things, uh, you know, how John did you know? Yeah, there. and there's, yeah. Great, there's a yeah. great
1: video of Carl talking about that on yes. YouTube as well. Yeah,
2: yeah, I probably I think put it put something well. like, Think of me every now and again, dear friend, or something, mm, like yes, that. something, something like, uh, like yeah.
0: That. yeah, yeah. And um,
1: I, I think we all would really like to believe, and I hope that that's the case. I mean, Linda's saying that's that's what John that's that's what I'm talking about. That's a moment that's really right. only if we've ever heard from Carl Perkins, right? So you'd like to believe mm-hmm. that, that it was true. Paul's never mm-hmm. talked about right. it, obviously. Yoko hasn't. So, you know, mm-hmm. if Linda's saying that's that's the last conversation, that's the, that's the last words he said to him, mm-hmm. you'd like to believe that it's true.
0: Yes, mm-hmm. but we know that they like a good story, you know, and. You know, hopefully that's you know <laughs> a little bit more, yeah. you know, personal than just just than just a good story. Um, but then we get uh, we finally get to, to eighty two with Paul's first uh, first UK interview since John's death. Um, mm-hmm. And then you don't really get the you know you know you don't really mention she doesn't really mention John until the end, mm-hmm. and she's like, well, how have you adjusted your your life since since John's death? And you know, and then. And, you know he pretty much says, well, what can you do? you know really I mean and I think he probably feels like John would have said the same exact same thing if the roles were reversed you know what 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 can you really do um you know so it's kind of kind of an interesting little little quote from Paul.
3: the greatest sadness of course was when John was murdered that just must have made you think again about this fame business yeah oh yeah,
4: oh, yeah. Sure. um oh it did um but, uh, what's the good? Well, what can you do? You just think. You think a lot. You think for many weeks after it and you try and work it all out. But you come down to think there's nothing you can do.
3: But did it make you alter yeah. your, your lifestyle in any way?
4: I mean, I... You know, no, it just, I thought it all, went through it all and thought, is there any way that I can do that? And really just decided, no, you know, I think if we've been the other way round, and you have been asking John that question. I think you'd find that he would kind of say, "No, you know, you just sort of got to do what you do, really."
0: The the other really cool thing, same with uh, in January again, that Paul appears mm-hmm. on the Desert Island Discs, um, mm-hmm. which is uh, you know, really cool. Really cool thing. I remember years ago, this is probably back in 2010, 2011, um, uh, McCartney website. They uh, list all the songs that Paul picks and they said, what does this have in common? It was a, this, big, this big contest that they had and they were just giving away all the rare, McCartney's rare stuff on yeah. CD, I think it was. But, um, but interesting thing, he picks Beautiful Boy, uh, talks about that. And you can tell, you, I mean, because there's video of this too. And you can just tell, you know, it's the, the tell it's the eyes yeah.
1: going, it's yes. the eyes going. It's the not looking at the camera. Right. It's the everything you can see it right on his face when he's listening oh, to yeah. that because he's not looking at the reporter. Right. The song's playing and his eyes are darting and right. he's spinning in the chair doing everything to not just break down. So to sort of sum up
4: the whole thing, I've chosen one off uh, John Lennon's record, Double Fantasy, uh, which I think so. Beautiful song, uh, it's very moving to me. Uh, anyway, uh, so i just like to sum the whole thing up by playing a song called Beautiful Boy.
2: A couple of things on that, actually. That first interview yeah, so. was Nationwide with Sue Lawley, who's mm. a very well-regarded interviewer. and She took over Desert Island Discs, in fact. Mm. So had he done Desert Island Discs about five years later, it would have been Sue Lawley, that same lady. Mm. And yeah, um, as you know, Paul still has this house in Cavendish Avenue in St. John's Wood, mm. which is north, north London. And I used to have a friend there, and I actually did glimpse Paul once. But um, there was a kind of not very well kept secret that he used to go to the same french restaurant every i don't know friday afternoon or something and we went once and i saw him just saw him outside but i was thinking you know just i i just got like 30 seconds of just people coming up to him nothing bad you know just coming up to him saying oh hi can I have your autograph and selfies right. and all that kind of thing and i was thinking that's like one minute of his life i wouldn't really fancy that Right, <laughs> he's, he's, he's kind of known for not having had a bodyguard and stuff and mm-hmm. oh
1: yeah. yeah you see him on he the train funny. or the bus I mean, alone he was just train, he, yeah. he was just a half hour away from me on friday eating lunch in, in a cafe here in, in new jersey right. with with nancy and just a regular, regular guy just and to he have invited
2: you but you were busy right yeah, so. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, he kept inviting <laughs> me to the French restaurant, as not Yeah, <laughs> Sorry, Anthony, you should have just—you
1: should have just went yeah. in there, Anthony, and said, "Hey, Maca, can I sit down and have a cup with you?"
2: Yeah, can I just be one more person to irritate you while you're in your French <laughs> restaurant? Mm. restaurant?
1: <laughs> <laughs> Paul, would
2: yeah. the Beatles
0: have gotten back together?
1: Oh. Yeah. He'll, he'll, you know, he'll give me that. He'll, he'll give me that. You know that that song that he wrote. You know for the journalist, You know the Beatles split in '69. 69. 69, seems right? they've, been, they've been doing fine. And if that question uh, yeah. doesn't cease, ain't nobody gonna get any peace. And if you ask it once
2: more, I'm gonna smash your jaw. How about if I go in the restaurant and go? fuck a pig, it's Paul. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't, wouldn't have liked that. that. wouldn't have gone well.
0: No. <laughs> that would have been funny. That would have been funny. Um,
2: yeah. Desert Island Discs, I was just going to say, it was hardly ever yeah. filmed. It's an audio. It's a radio show. Right. I thought it was an audio okay. show, not a video thing. Okay. Yeah. No, I've hardly ever seen. A few of the early ones were filmed, but I mean, just to recommend that show, it's a show where you know celebrities choose eight records and a luxury and talk about their life. Mm. And on iTunes, I mean, they've got Almost every episode going back to about 1943. So the early oh, ones are wow. very, very funny to listen to because it's all oh uh, mm. yes, hello, everyone's got that BBC right. accent, you know. Um <laughs> yeah, design disc is great. Uh, I've listened to loads mm. of that.
0: Mm. Mm. Gotcha. Um we'll end with uh with the the final finally the release of Tug of War uh and we get the the track here today we should say i mean this isn't the first you know tribute song to to john we get uh, obviously we got elton's uh, uh empty the garden home. we got george's uh all those years ago and we got tug of war um
2: the late great johnny S. was that yeah,
0: yeah paul simon yeah, yeah. paul simon yep yeah, that's true oh. um you know i i i tend to maybe like this one the most out of out of that that bunch Um, but uh, very moving. He still performs the song today. Uh, he started doing that what back in because he was doing it, he was doing give a piece a chance. Um, wasn't he? Um, well,
1: Paul first brought when he started out, uh, when he Mm -hmm. got back, when he got back touring with this new band that he's been with. Well, Mm -hmm. I shouldn't say new, but he's been with him for 20 years now. But uh, yeah, um, he started playing here today live then around 2002 2003 mm. and it's been in his sets ever since then really to various right. degrees of uh, you know emotion and stuff and again Paul the showman you know I've seen him do it you know probably countless times and mm. he does get quite choked up doing it is that Paul right. being a showman or is he genuinely feeling emotional there's loads of videos you can watch and see and sometimes it's legit I think sometimes it's a bit played up too if I'm being brutally mm. honest but that's you the know, thing. It.
2: I think he's cast himself as someone who has to play everything as if it's the first time he's played it. Right, right. A fresh audience. Because
0: you're right. It's a fresh audience. You know, yeah. he has to show emotion. He has to have the yeah. people go home and talk about. Oh, he was so emotional yeah, during you know, here today. Burning. Right. Now, let me ask yeah, you.
1: Right. Let me ask you both a question that was mm-hmm. posed to me by a friend and a fan of the show. He actually just asked me the other day because it's in conjunction. Actually, it kind of ties in nicely to the song. Paul actually just did a QA on the 40th anniversary of Tug of War, which uh, an interview where they played the tracks and talked about it. Uh, and it's on Sirius XM satellite radio. So I listened to it uh, yesterday and he got to hear today. And uh, it was, and it was, a re- he spoke for probably about four or five minutes about the lines in the song, What About the Night We Cried, and things like that. And it was really, I don't, some of those stories I think we heard before, but he really went in depth about. The song here today, and I—it's really a compelling listen. You should check it out if you can, because it's brand new, and he really right. cites, you know, the, the line "What about the night we cried," um, being kind of when John and Paul were together there on tour in '64, yeah. down in Key West, and there was really a stormy right. night, and they both got drunk, and they were crying, and then, and then, <laughs> and then, because there was a hurricane, so they couldn't play for a couple of days. The Beatles couldn't play for a few days. So to hear right. Paul go in depth recently with a fresh approach about here today in 2022 it was very cool to hear so i recommend that but that wasn't my question my question was what that friend had asked me he said well you've got empty garden you've got the late great johnny Ice. why didn't paul put out here today as a single i think i don't think it would have i think that's not paul's way what do you guys think
2: oh I yeah single. <laughs> go ahead dan <laughs> oh, no. okay. um yeah i suppose he's trying to be a bit more low-key because perhaps mm. if you put it out as a single it's almost like you're somehow using it you're right. Using the death. Yeah. I mean, not yeah, everyone would think that, but a few cynics would probably say that. So mm-hmm. I think it was quite a nice thing to have it slightly. Yeah. like Where was it positioned on the album?
1: The end of side one, the last track the on side one.
2: one. Yeah. Yeah. For the for the younger yeah. viewers, by the way, everybody. Yeah. 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 <laughs> record used to have two sides. Yeah. But because like yes, yes, well, yes, yes.
1: well this, this friend of mine said, well, George Harrison released all things all, all these years ago as a single, and Elton John did. I'm the guy to sing. said, but. I don't think Paul, that's not Paul's way. Paul's a different, yeah, I mean, and he has been treated
0: differently in the press as well, too. Uh, I mean, I can see people trashing him on the press saying, oh, here's Paul trying to cash in, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, on on John's death, you know, which I think he probably kind of thought that in the back of his mind, you know, oh, I'm going to pay tribute to him, but it's just going to stay on the record, you know.
2: And that That is lovely because it's obviously it's a great song. Just as a song, right. if you didn't know anything about what it's about, yeah. Got a lovely right. acoustic guitar, very trademark. Yeah, ball.
0: you know. And then the, speaking about the, you know, when Andy you mentioned, what about the night we cried? I really like the, the, you know, the the line before that. You know, what about the time we met? You know, well, I suppose that you can say we were playing hard to get. You know, which, you know, you hear the story. Well, you you know, you hear John saying it. Well, you know. Do I make the band better by bringing John, you know, I mean, by bringing Paul in, you know, so you can kind of, you can kind of get that as well. Because, you know, again, sometimes Paul doesn't maybe remember things, Mm. um, you know, 100% accurately, you know, sometimes he's just going by what might sound good in a song, Mm. uh, you know, to make you sympathize with him a little bit more um maybe but uh but i think it's a fantastic song yeah and like you said it's a you know great acoustic number the you know the acoustics are great
1: and the george so, martin the george has the george
2: martin time. yeah exactly oh, yeah, he produced it cool yeah yeah, yeah, yeah he the produced strings. it. Yeah. yeah it's kind of uh reminds me a bit uh there's one called calico skies so that was a bit like yes yep. yeah. Oh, was yeah. Yeah. Pie. Oh, yeah 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 flaming pie yeah it. i think yeah. it was a yeah i think it was a triumph Really, mm. as a song, and uh, it's heartfelt, but it's not too sentimental. Yeah. It's definitely not too sentimental. It's Right. No. It's and like it's of, yeah. yeah. And it's yeah. it's
1: it's it's got you know, like I said, as I say, that uh, that the brand new interview with Paul talking about it is just tremendous to hear his, a forty-year mm. perspective now, mm. and Paul at, at eighty years old talking about the record, you know, and uh, and the song in particular. So I just listened to it yesterday. So it was really yeah, yeah. Uh, a good listen. What we we're yeah. saying about
2: when he, when he does it in concert, it, like I say, it's like the public are, are expecting him to cry or something. It must be very yeah, very great. yeah.
3: Right.
0: That's you the know, show. Yeah, there's the other line too. Like Um, if I say I really loved you, you know, and then again, that's another thing where where I think both of them said, you know, we we couldn't do that, you know. We're I mean, we're just you know, a guy can't tell another guy, you know, that he loves him. But then there's the also reverse side of that was like, you know, when the person passes, they kind of regret that they didn't actually do that. you know know what I mean. Yeah, and it's funny. I just
1: I just recalled that interview that I talked about earlier with Robert Hilburn on the dark of the Star Wars stuff going on. I think. Mm. He had said something about you know. Would you be surprised that you know that that, that was anything from your brother from age fifteen? He says that. Lenin mm-hmm. says that, and he, you know, it was like he was. What about Paul's? Lenin goes. Would you be surprised you know by anything your brother does since age fifteen? Lenin says that, mm-hmm. in that and that that's on the, in that same interview.
2: Yeah, he mm-hmm. probably feels that like even more because he didn't have a a brother of his own. You know, obviously Paul, that right. Michael. So I mm-hmm. think it's a brother substitute. And John Lennon was always looking for father substitutes, mother substitutes, arguably, and brother right.
1: substitutes. Yeah, sure. yeah. He, was, he He grew up around so many very, very, right. you know, matriarchal yeah. society there with aunts and women yeah, all the over the place.
2: Yeah. You know, right.
1: his, one, his only uncle passes away. He's Uncle George, yeah. you know, and that's it. Right. <laughs>
0: There's a little bit here in January 4th of uh, of 82. And this is where we're going to do deal with a little bit of in, in part five as well as the legacy, uh, you know, of the Beatles and, and kind of like, you know, Lennon was that was, was everything, you know, and uh, and uh, Paul was p- published in the Times New Paper during uh, the piece, which uh, the headline is, is living with the Beatles legacy. Uh, the smears that Lennon left behind and the battle with uh, battle to win uh, my baby's back. Paul's quoted as saying, if I could get John Lennon back. I'd ask him to undo this legacy and to tell everybody uh, what he told Yoko that he liked me after all. You know, so um, yeah. you know, so yeah, interesting stuff. You know, stuff that you know we we may like Andy says we may never know exactly what you know what was said between you know the two, um, you know, and certain conversations. And maybe it's for the best. Maybe we shouldn't know.
2: I agree. Yeah, well, I come up with an analogy actually with Beatles knowledge. It's like drinking yourself sober. You, know? <laughs> you, you drink so right. much, and you end up back at the beginning, and you think, "Well, actually, I don't know anything." But it's <laughs> but it's fun to speculate, you know, and that's what keeps it, right. that's what keeps all our shows going, right? You know. Oh, absolutely. If we knew the truth about everything. What would we what would we uh, talk? Well, right. No, if we if we, is, if
1: we knew it all, we wouldn't there would be
0: nothing. Right. Yeah. And that's the thing, is, is we want to try to be as factual as, as possible, right? But then but in the long run, I mean a lot of it is is speculation.
2: So yeah. yeah we'll Very interesting stuff.
0: Yeah. Very, anything else we want to add to uh no. part four?
1: No, we'll, let's not leave it right. so long
2: for part five. That's what I was gonna
0: add. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, maybe.
2: <laughs> yeah. But uh
0: but thanks. Thank you again, my friend. And uh oh, tell everybody no about your, your show and because you you got a couple of shows.
2: Excuse me, Mr. Hanyani.
0: Yeah. Oh, sorry.
2: Three, Mr. <laughs> no, <yes>. sorry. <laughs> well, John Lennon, as I mentioned, deep dive into John Lennon. Uh, just did a podcast called Two of Us, as we said at the beginning, mm-hmm. about Lennon and McCartney. Had a couple of the quarrymen on and a couple of other people who actually knew John Lennon, which is always helpful. Mm-hmm. Which quarryman, um,
1: quarry Anthony? Sorry. Which quarryman? Uh, Rod
2: Davis and Colin Hanson. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Got some real nuggets from that. Awesome. Them. Mm. And then very I've also got, got a podcast called Life and Life Only, which is uh, psychology and alternative media, because I'm a life coach as well as an English teacher, so kind of Perfect. weave a bit of that in. And then I've got Film Gold, which is obviously about mm-hmm. films. It's tough keeping the other two going, so Film Gold gets a bit neglected. But um, okay, we just yeah, did uh, two boxing films, actually. We did Rocky with Martin quibell who you know very okay. well, Marv. Yeah. And then Raging Bull, we did, which is actually, uh, my yeah. oh, is actually my favorite film of all time. Of any, it's any up, it's film. up there.
0: You know, that's funny yeah. you say that because it's like, you know, people ask me, it's like, well, when I watch Raging Bull, that's my favorite film of all time. Yeah. When I watch Godfather, that's my favorite film of all yeah. time. Of you know, so it's usually, a, uh, you know, a, a mix between both of those. But yeah, you know, yeah. De Niro's the man, in my opinion. So, yeah. But um, uh, yeah, cool.
1: Andy, anything okay. on your plate? No, not much at all. Just plugging away at the McCartney legacy and the seven-inch singles box set, which I'm still working my way through.
0: Ah, uh, yes, <laughs> yes. On uh, Monday, hopefully, I'll be able to dig, uh, dig, uh, dig more into the the single set. I'm on 1980. And, We're I'm on coming up, actually. <laughs> that's oh, I,
1: that's interesting. Oh, I'm I'm up yeah. to uh, Good Night Tonight uh, for okay. the, the 45. But I should mention too. Uh, it's kind of related. And it's recent. There's a new documentary that dropped on Disney Plus. Oh, that's Friday. right called if these walls could sing which is basically a documentary. Watched it last night you did watch it about about yeah. abbey road that was produced by mary mccartney and Ooh. uh has elton john in it and paul and, and tom yeah i haven't watched it yet but uh was it good tom i enjoyed it i enjoyed it
0: yeah i mean again you know it's really frustrating when you have something that's been around for so long and a documentary is only an hour and a half you know you you really can't do it justice by by no. you know only spending an hour and a half. And and then the and the thing too, like the like the Bowie Moon Age Daydream documentary, you, you spend so much time in one decade, you know, that it's 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 hard to continue it's hard to, you know, show showcase other points of 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 that person or that place's, you know, you know, highs and lows, you know. So it, it's good for what it is, but it, it could have been so much better.
1: You know, figures.
0: you know, you had Waters and Gilmore on there as well. Page was, Page was in it for for a couple minutes, okay. so yeah.
1: But yeah, that's it, man.
0: Yeah, cool, excellent. Well, uh, my other show, Talk More Talk, we did our we did our final episode of the year uh, a couple weeks ago. We talked about uh, Ringo's "I Want to Be Santa Claus," and uh, we we talked about our favorite. Uh, our favorite uh, items or or events uh, of 2022 andy and i will have we will have one more episode left which is going to be our year end uh excuse me as my as my throat gets a little groggy here but uh <laughs> but uh we're gonna have one more episode this 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 year as well and uh we'll we'll talk about uh two thousand twenty three what we have in store and 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 things that uh we really uh, had a great time with in in twenty twenty two uh and so it's gonna be just like a year in review and then you know our hopes for twenty twenty three so uh you can reach us at uh instagram facebook and twitter at two legs podcast you can email us at two legs at com. and uh Andy, again it's 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 great seeing you thank you very much for popping in and and doing these these shows uh, with us and uh really Again, I mean, you know, a lot of times people just don't think about, you know, researching this stuff. So it's kind of cool to go back and research this stuff and see quotes and 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 to to see where they were and and the you know and where they were in their life at these particular points in time. Um, so it, this is this is a lot of fun. I've learned a lot during this whole series, and like I said, we'll probably have one or two more of these uh, in the future. And um, uh, good seeing you. Thanks. Thanks again for stopping in appreciate it. Thank you very much. Merry
2: Christmas. Happy New Year to you. Same to you, Anthony. Take
0: care. So again, everybody out there, happy holidays and uh, as always have a great day and a beautiful night. Take care. to Two Legs, a Paul McCartney podcast hosted by Tom Hunyadi and Andy Nichols with musical contributions by Dylan.